you are the podcast master. Hey everybody, we're going to keep rolling with this 10 podcasts in 10 days. And you guys have heard me talk a lot about the Rule Cloth booth. And a lot of you may be questioning, you know, what is this Rule Cloth that Matt keeps talking about? Well, a lot of you might also know about my good friend Brandon Bates, who has been a PBR announcer for the last nearly two decades here, and a guy that has been an incredible mentor and friend to me since the beginning of my career. Well, Brandon is actually the founder of Rule Cloth, and, and that is a, a you know that's the only reason, the biggest reason why we are doing these podcasts live from that booth each and every day during Cowboy Christmas here in Las Vegas. So a big shout out to Brandon, a big shout out to Rule Cloth. Make sure you check them out. Uh, rulecloth.com to see a little bit more about the products that they are are putting out and, and uh, you know the awareness that they're bringing just simply to rule America. I think it's an incredible concept and I think it's an incredible brand. And this conversation is with a guy that I truly believe is an incredible human being. Now, there are people out in the world that think he is a little bit rough around the edges because he is very to the point and matter of fact about his opinions when he's on a microphone. And, and to me, that's what makes him one of the greatest, if not the best ever. I mean, I just I cannot say enough how much respect I have for this guy as an announcer. Um, even more so, I can't say enough about how much respect I have for Brandon Bates as a man, as a husband, as a father. I wish everybody could see the side of this guy that I have been able to see for years and years and years. And so, um, you know, you, I, I think you guys will see a, a new side of Brandon and, and a very positive, uh, goal-oriented, focused, determined side of, of a man that you guys have heard in every major arena around the country for, you know, like I said, nearly two decades. Um, many of you know that recently he has retired as one of the PBR announcers, and now it, it's kind of starting to make its way through the cracks, and, and the word is out that uh, I'm going to move back into that position, and I will no longer be in the Ride Pass booth, but I will once again move into the live arena announcing. So uh, a lot of people keep asking me, and I keep pretending that I didn't see your messages or you know not really knowing. Well, now it's out there. Bates is retired, and I am moving back into the arena as one of the announcers, along with my good buddy, Clint Atkins. And I tell you what, I couldn't be more excited about 2020. I'm so excited to be able to tell those stories to the fans and be able to feel that energy of the crowd again. So, um, but, but this is not about me. This podcast is about a guy that has been an incredible friend from day one that's never changed and a mentor from start until now. And I'm sure he will continue to be a mentor in my announcing career and, uh, I just can't say it enough. Um, I, I, yeah, uh, Las Vegas. It was pretty emotional knowing that he was going to retire. And, and as a matter of fact, I think we even mentioned that me and him, his wife, my girlfriend, we all sat in a locker room after everybody had left, and and just kind of, you know, let the emotions fly. But um, been wanting to do this podcast for a long time and it's not i tell you this this is a very short version the dude gave me 30 minutes and said that is it there's a hard stop at the 30 minute mark but i tell you what we're gonna get more uh podcasts with Bates. i i promise you that uh i'm gonna do this again with him so anyways i'm gonna keep this 
uh, open, short, and sweet once again, and I'm going to get straight into it. So here we go, live from the Rule Cloth booth in Las Vegas at the Cowboy Christmas. Here's my conversation with Brandon Bates. You know what that is? I know you. I know you. I know you're not. Oh, no. We'll just add six seconds. I got how long? Twenty six minutes. Is that right? Yeah, I was actually going to deliver you like a really solid intro that I think you should probably put some music behind and actually, you know, lead in with that. What's that? You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to the Matt West podcast on the Rule Cloth Network. No, no, not going to use that one. (laughs) Uh, We'll leave it in there, unedited, unfiltered, though. Um, Okay, let's talk about the truck. Because that's all anybody's talked to us or you about specifically this week. So let's talk about the truck. This is the first time that I've ever, like, I've never been on this podcast. I've never thought about, you know, you haven't asked. thought about being on this podcast. Bullshit. (laughs) I flew flew to Utah to try to sit down and record a podcast with you. So I I just don't think. I came to your house. I think if we're going to do this in the first time where it's going to be 20, we got, I think we should start over. Like, I'm not prepared. Like I didn't know you. I, like I didn't do a sound check. I didn't. I didn't know what it sounds like. I can't hear myself. I don't know what like, it sounds had, like. It, it doesn't matter. Nobody's listening to it. Anyways. I had. I had no idea what what we were doing here. But I, you know, I feel like if I'm going to make my Matt West podcast debut, that we probably shouldn't just talk about the truck. Well, I think we should talk about the truck just real quick because the truck leads into an even bigger conversation. It's going to be gone by the time that we even air this podcast. It'll so. air in about two hours. Okay. Uh, so the truck, 1976 Chevy K10 that we had completely uh, full-blown restored. You know, I wanted to do something to launch the Rural Cloth brand, and you know, and, and I needed something to stand out and kind of break through the noise. So I thought the truck was a really good thing. I had this idea last year here at Cowboy Christmas, and just kind of, you know, and one of the things we'll probably talk about a little bit is I'm, I'm a big believer of kind of goals and thoughts, and when you put those thoughts on paper and when you put those thoughts into motion, um, they actually come true. And so here last year at Cowboy Christmas, I had this idea of rebuilding the super classic, iconic, you know, 1976 truck, and we did it. And we, we brought it here last year, and we expanded our booth size, and so now here we are, bigger and better. All right, so many people that are listening to this know you from the PBR, you know, being an announcer for, what, 18 years? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I mean, I was there at the PBR pretty exclusively for about 18 years, you know, through some of the smaller touring pros and things like that that I'd done. Uh, you know, probably in all total about 20 years, uh, really. But I, di- I didn't get my first job at that time. It was the Bud Light Cup until um, 2002. I worked a couple of events that year. And then I, and my first full year on tour was 2003, did the finals that year and had been there ever since until uh, this last finals a few weeks ago in 2019. Okay, we'll, we'll skirt around that part for, for a little bit. But in the last couple of years, you came up with this concept, this idea, and you've launched this brand that uh, has really struck a, you know, struck the heartstrings with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean the the concept and the idea. I had had it for many even years before that. I just felt like that rural lifestyle consumer. I don't even say Western lifestyle. I just felt like a rural lifestyle consumer because they don't need to be a bull riding fan or a rodeo fan or a PBR fan. Even you know, there's a lot of us out there that. And we may go to one rodeo a year. We may go to none. And, um, you know, it's it's more about, you know, being a backyard tailgater and, and those kinds of things. And somebody that Just likes to drink a, a line or, you know. Or, yeah, anything. exactly. Somebody that fishes, that hunts, that likes to drink cold beer and sit out by a fire in their backyard. And, 
you know, like you live in a small town in Oklahoma or a small town in Utah, or even if you had a big town and your grandparents had a farm and you just love that lifestyle and you're still, you know, I mean, that's, that, that was kind of my idea behind the brand. And, uh, it took me a while to come up with the name rural and it just hit me one day driving between Indianapolis and Chicago. And there was an absolute ton of space out there. So I was, I remember telling a guy that I was driving with Brian Emmerich is who it was. And I said, golly, I said, there's just so much rural area out here. And, and I thought, there's my name. And um, search, you know, Rural Cloth. I, the, the, the story behind the name becomes a Rural Cloth is because it's, um, you know, cut from a Rural Cloth is, is, is one of our trademarks as well. And that was, you know, something that I thought was really important. Um, so that's how we got the name Rural Cloth because I feel like, you know, we're all kind of a common thread cut from a Rural Cloth if, if you're a rural person. Well, and now you, you touched on it. You can live in a city, but there's some sort of rural background in it every human that's in this country there's something that comes from rural america no matter it's the food that you put on the table i mean you could live in the biggest high-rise apartment in new york city the food that you're eating came from rural america yeah and and i think it gave us a broader scope than just being a western brand right or just being a rodeo brand um and i can't tell you that i wasn't inspired you know by the success of some people like dale brisby and some of the you know success of you know other brands out there that that you know like it it just kind of showed that i felt like this consumer was was would really draw to something like that now obviously dale's significantly different but he's had insane success uh and just based on his personality of 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 who that person is and and kind of what they stand for and it just shows you that you know there's so many people that love this i I would say probably more inspiring factors for our brand and, and for us to get our company off the ground was something like sitka um, even more so Kuyu, uh, which are uh, highly endemic hunting brands that build a really, really high-quality product. They build an extremely high-quality product, and it's at a higher price point. Um, those two company models, specifically in the outdoor space, have proven that this consumer will buy a quality product. Um, I, I'll tell you, I don't I don't want to be Cinch. I don't want to be Wrangler. I don't want to be Ariat. There's nothing at all wrong with those right. brands. I wear Wrangler right. all the time. Um you know, however, there there is something about some of those brands where their model is a little bit different than ours. Their model is, is a mass-produced product. That's not a bad thing. So nobody think that I'm bashing those right, brands. Right. I'm absolutely not. That's not a bad thing. That's their business model is to is to be able to supply a high demand and high high volume product to a Western lifestyle consumer. They have to mass produce products to be able to meet the demand of a Western consumer. So um you know, so so to go and, and talk about, you know, that what we do is a little bit different in the sense that we create small batch products. We can have a little bit more fun with it. I do feel like that we can build a premium quality product. You know, we're not out over our skis with 15,000 SKUs like the jacket that no one can see that I'm wearing right now or the vest. You know, we only made 450 of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and we'll, we'll make, you know, and as our company grows next year, we'll make 800 of them. But you said something about you could have a little more fun with it. And I think one of the things that, that really stuck out in my mind was how fun, and I don't know if it was the exact first concept, but one of the first things that you, that you brought to us as a product is the, the America hat. Yeah, the America We Grow Beer hat, um, and a guy, our designer Rick Mariani came up with that, and 
and and I just like the moment that I saw it, it was almost like hearing a song for the first time on a, on a, you know you know when you hear a song that it's going to go number one, um, and that hat for us was exactly that. I mean, we knew that we had just an absolute killer product. Um, and that was our first, that was really, it's still our bestseller, quite honestly. We've expanded that line a little bit, our America We Grow. We actually have the America We Grow trademark. Uh, that, so we've been able to expand it into America We Grow Whiskey and America We Grow Beer. And, you know, we, we may, you know, who knows what we'll come up with next. But, um, yeah, we, we, it's, it's been great. And it's really this kind of Americana feel and line and, and just ties back to the rural consumer. You touched on Sitka and Kuyu and stuff. You're, you're really big in the outdoor space as well. Yeah, I have been for a long time. You know, I worked in television. I hosted a show on the Outdoor Channel for for 10 years, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation show called Team Elk. Um, was there for a long time and, and had a had an incredible opportunity to be able to hunt elk in some of the most beautiful places in the world. And, you know, that that was super cool. But, you know, it kind of ran its course as well. And, and now that I have three kids, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be home more with them. And uh, yeah, I have three daughters and you know, we go back, and I know you'll probably bring this up in a minute. You know, even the conversation of leaving, you know, the PBR. You know, after after 18 years, it wasn't because I hated the PBR. It wasn't because I hated my job. I absolutely loved my job. I mean, you know, all I wanted to be. I didn't want to be a clothing designer. I didn't want to be a a clothing brand owner. Right. Um, I, I wanted to be an announcer, and and I got to live that dream for a really really long time. But when you are married. And, you know, you, I've, I've had now a beautiful wife for 10 years, and I now I've got three daughters. It, it turns into time value for me, and I'm never going to get that time back. There's, you know, by the, you know as well as I do, you do, you, you have my job now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, by the way. You know, after being, you know, after, it's not only the 26 events that we go to on the Built for Tough series, the Monster Energy Tour, whatever the hell it's called now. Um, we go it's not it's not just the 26 events that we go to there uh it's it's the other 10 events uh, on on the velocity tour the touring pro division that 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 we get asked to go to and we and and we love going to those events but it turns into 36 weeks a year really really quick and time value for me was like missing ski season with my girls or missing dance recitals or missing this or missing that or somebody's birthday i'm like it never ends and I just got to a point where I'm like, look, I'm 40. I'm, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to find out what I'm made of. And, it, and, if, and because anybody listening to this podcast right now or anybody that's going to grasp, let me tell you something. Regret is the one thing that you do not want to find yourself on your deathbed. If you're lucky enough to live to be 95, do not ask yourself when you're 95 years old or you're 65 years old or you're 55 years old or you get in a car wreck and the last thought that runs through your mind is, I wish I had done that. And I just, I don't want to be that guy. And, well, and to your point, you know, you go work a two-day event. That easily turns into four days. It is Because you got days. a travel day yeah. to bookend, first in the back. Yeah, it is. It, it, there's no doubt it's four days. And then, you know, when I come back from that, I'm wiped out from the weekend because the weekends are exhausting. You spent over half your week away from your family. Now yeah. you've got three days. You've got less than half the, the time to try to cram everything in. But... Now you're tired. Yeah, and I feel like crap on Monday, Tuesday, you know, and I finally start to come back to life a little bit on Wednesday, and I start to pop up, you know, even better on Thursday, and then I get on a plane Friday. Hey, look, man, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I'm not saying that it that it's not for a lot of guys, and there's, you know, there's announcers, look like Bob Tallman, those guys. I mean, you know, they're 65, 70, 75. I don't know how old Bob is, 108. But, you know, I mean, those guys, you know, that that's that's what they do, and 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 and. And going back to the regret statement or going back to the, 
I'm not one of those guys that say do what do what makes you happy because if you know cheating on your wife and doing drugs and being an alcoholic is what makes you happy, that's not the right <laughs> thing. Not the to right do. thing to do. Um, but do but but what makes you happy or what makes or, or what drives you from a career standpoint or what you know be who you want to be. Um, and, and I just think, you know, and I, I just think that that, that has incredible value for me right now and became the time value when I really started to put the value of what I was being paid versus the time that I was gone away from home. It just didn't add up for me anymore. When you started announcing, who was it that you looked at and you were like, okay, cause we all started, you know, and, and we have that guy or two guys that that's like, I want to kind of follow that path. Like who was it for you? I mean, without question for me, Justin McKee was a huge influence for me from the very beginning of I spent time in his house when I was 18, 19 years old, spent a lot of time with him and he kind of took me under his wing and, and, and he, you know, he shuffled me in whenever he got shuffled to TV and then I wound up staying and, um, you know, but I mean, I, I was always a big fan of, you know, I was certainly a huge fan of Tallman. I, I still am. Like, I just think Tallman, he's super funny. He, he reminds me a lot of me. He just says whatever the and hell he's thinking. doesn't give a shit. Does not, does not care. So you shouldn't cuss so much on your podcast, by the way. I'm sorry, mom. Uh, I apologize. I'll back it down. But Tallman is a guy that I think everybody looks to. McKee, obviously, was my neighbor. But you kind of – you didn't just start out announcing. You had a uh, – well, you had a bull riding career. Would you, yeah, I would not would call, you it that. call it I would not call it a bull riding career. Uh, when people ask me how I got started as an announcer, I always tell them because I was the worst bull rider in the world. Um, but I will tell you that, you know, I wouldn't trade my, my days of trying to become a bull rider um, for anything, you know, I, I just wouldn't, I, I, because they, they led me to becoming an announcer. I found out when I was in high school that that's really what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to, I was announcing high school basketball games. I was announcing stuff and I was like, man, I can make a living at this. And, um, I remember when I quit my first job, I was a welder at Sundowner Trailers. This has actually what? happened. This has actually happened twice. It's funny if we, if we want to go there. Um, I, I was a welder. I was probably 19 years old. And I remember being like, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to go be an announcer. And the foreman on the line when I left that day and I said, hey, I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm going to actually do my own thing. He said, ha ha, you'll be back. <laughs> and I thought to myself right then, I looked at him and I said, I can promise you no matter what I do for the rest of my life, I'm not coming back. And I never went back. I went on to the PBR. I announced the PBR finals 18 times, had a great career and I feel like that. Things. I feel like that's happened to you a couple of times, and, yeah. it, and it might be a driving force. And, and like honestly, what fuels you to be successful in other endeavors? There, there's a lot of things that that I can tell you that that when people tell me, and if you haven't read the Cowboy Lifestyle Article Network on me yet, for anybody listening or whatever, you can Google Brandon Bates CLN Cowboy Lifestyle Network. They did an article on me uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. They came out, and 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 I answered a lot of questions in there in that article about who I am and what I want to be and kind of my thoughts on things and. Uh, I, I can tell you that that when somebody tells me that I can't do something, like there's absolutely nothing. Like it, it becomes an instant, relentless pursuit to pr- almost to a fault at times. Like just a relentless. Like if I if I respect you in the least amount, and you tell me that I can't, it's it's game over. You get over. so hyper focused on achieving whatever that is that. Like that's all you think about. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's it is it is all I think about. I mean, you know, I I write things down. I, mm-hmm. I do believe in the in the theory that I strongly believe in the theory that when you 
write something down, and this is not really a theory, it's kind of been proven. When you write something down, you're 60% more likely to achieve that goal. It, it depends on if it's taking out the trash, if it's doing the dishes, if it's starting a business, if it's going to school, if it's reading a book. Like if you write that down as a goal and you physically take the time to write it, it's, it there's a 60% chance that it's going to happen. So that's my thing with social media right now is there's a lot of things that I put on social media that people are like, what the heck is this? Why, why is he doing that? It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's, it's called self-accountability. And you put things out there to keep yourself accountable to uh, achieve your goals, to yeah. chase whatever it is that you're chasing. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer and a big goal setter. You know, whenever I was, like I said, 18, 19 years old, I decided, like, if you go back and read my English 4, where are you going to be in 10 years? Mine said I would be announcing the PBR finals, and I did that. Um, you know, in exactly 10 years to the date. It didn't take me that long. I was actually, you know, I'd announced it four times by then. Um, but that was a significant goal of mine, and, and I, you know, was able to set it and achieve it. And I've got other goals. You know, my, my goals have shifted now. Like, obviously, I, w- I want to build a extremely profitable business. That's a... It's a huge thing for me like now, and, and, and I want to build a profitable business, not because I want more cars, not because I want a bigger house. In fact, I'm getting ready to downsize. You know, I, I want to be a philanthropist. My, you know, when I'm, when I'm 70, 75 years old, like, like I want to be able to look back and, and give 90%, like I said in that article, that's why I tell people you should go read it. When, I, when I'm dead and gone, I hope that I was able to kind of set my kids up with a little bit of a head start. Um, it's really important to me that they work for what they get, but I want to be able to set them up with a little bit of a head start, probably make sure that they're taken care of in, in some normal reality means. Um, and and, I'll, and if I die before my wife, I want to make sure that, you know, she's not going to have to super stress, you know, for the remaining years that she has. I'm, I'm obviously hoping that I live a really long time, um, but I, I want to give it all back. I want to cure disease. I, I you know, like I, I want to save a life. I want to, it doesn't matter. I, you know, in everybody else, I think too, one thing that was really motivating to me is I went and watched this, this Bill Gates thing that's on Netflix right now. It's the mind of Bill Gates. It's only three episodes. And, and I promise you, it's certainly worth going and watching and, and taking a look at that. But what that guy has done becoming a billionaire, you can just tell, like he wears normal pants. He wears a normal belt. He wears a normal shirt. Like, yeah, he has a lot of really nice things, but it's not about him. Like now that he's looking at it, like he's a massive philanthropist, and his life mission, as it was when he started Microsoft, his his life mission now is to make the world a better place, um, and and to donate as much money as it possibly takes to be able to achieve those goals. And he's doing it in a calculated way. I'm not saying I'm going to be a Bill Gates. I, I'm not. No, but if you can, and, and this is, I put out a podcast earlier this week that I never wanted to see the light of the day because it really uh, subjected myself to a Somebody's huge. Birthday. That's going to be really annoying. But just like this podcast, doing it live in a big space like this, I, I made myself very vulnerable with the hope and the prayer that it would help one human being. Like if one person got anything positive from it, that was my goal in, in doing that. And I think that's a side of you that not a lot of people have gotten to see over the years. No, er- You genuinely care about helping other people. Yeah. I mean, most people think I'm a giant a-hole because that's yeah. kind of my personality. I mean, that's... You know, my, my person, yeah, like, right I, I know I usually have this look on my face, like I'm, I'm unapproachable or I don't want to talk or I'm, I'm really, you know, self, not, not self-absorbed. I'm, I'm, I'm enclosed is, is more of, of what it is. And, and look, it's something that I, you know, I try to work on, but, um, I'm super blunt. I'm really raw. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that and, you know, 
unfiltered. Why that guy's trying to slam the door on my truck over there? But I just would prefer he left it open. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, I think unfiltered, and, I, and honestly, I think that that's a big part of what's wrong with society today. Is everybody's so worried about offending someone else, and people can't just take raw reality and just deal with it, accept it, move on. Yeah, I mean, but but at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. I, you know, my my main goal and mission is, is is really to help people. I don't, you know, I'm not jumping up and down talking about trying to help people. Everybody, I don't come and tell people what my prayers are so they can hear that I'm praying or, you know, of uh, those types of things. But but I, you know, I will tell you bluntly, like I, I I pray really big prayers and and I set really big goals and I and I and I try to you know. I try to do the right thing, and and I'm gonna tell you, look, I'm I'm not I'm not this you know holy grail of a guy. Like you, you knew me before I got married. Like it wasn't you know I wasn't always that guy. You know I, I had my I had my days where I was pretty wild and pretty crazy. Um, but you know, for but the I moment, will say this: there's a there, uh, just an unbelievable side of you and your family. And I got I got to say this publicly: like I have so much respect for everything you've done career wise, but more importantly for what you've become as a husband and a father. Because I have seen that transition i have been there you know from the beginning stages and watched that you know immediately it was important to you to have your kids in church it was important for you to pray as a family it was important for you to be home and and to show those kids and your wife just how important they were and and man i got i mean honestly that is that is huge and i got so much respect for that and this guy's still trying to slam the door on your truck i don't i don't know why why he's doing that just leave the door open dude um (laughs) Leave but, the door open. Maybe that's a metaphor for uh, the PBR career. Leave yeah, the door open. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, it, that that's uh, look, man. I, no, I mean, and, and that and that's 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 not a knock at the PBR because, like, I go back to say, like, the PBR gave me so much. I mean, the, every relationship that I've had, I've had incredible relationships. Right. right. Um, I, I've built so many friendships. They gave me so much, but that chapter of my life is over with. And 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 it was important to me to end it on my own terms. Okay, I'm running out of time. I got to. Yeah, you got ten minutes. There's a couple of things that I, w- I wanted to touch on, and because in our world, and this is something that's come up in every podcast this week, is in our world, especially here, you see celebrities walking around or whatever. You go back to one of the encounters with like another human being, or even a moment in in your career when you go, "Holy crap! I can't believe that actually happened. I can't believe I actually met this person or, or saw this." What are a couple of them? Oh my gosh, man! I I mean, I, I'll say this: Jason Aldean. There was a picture popped up on Instagram this week. Jason Aldean wearing one of your hats. Yeah, I mean, look that that's that's really really cool, right? I mean, th- those things happen. I mean, I don't know. That would be I'd have to think about that really a long time. But I mean, there's there's been you know people that I've met, you know, that have been shocking or things that happened in my career, and and you know, like going back to the clothing thing and and some of the products that we have and stuff like that. Like there's there's people that come in the booth every day that say, hey, your product looks great, your company is growing so fast, and like that. That's a crazy reality for me right now to kind of even grasp that that we've been able to do what we've mm-hmm. done uh, in 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 a 18 months and, and take the company from where it was when we started in July of 2018 to where it's at now in December of 18. Uh, we're going to cross some major, major markers that I really, and, and then once again, you can go to my whiteboard at home. Um, I'm not going to spit out the numbers because that would be ins- right. and, and dumb, but but I wrote some really big numbers down and we're going to hit those numbers. And it was because I wrote them down and I set that goal and I drove my team. And But going back to driving a team, it's going to sound like the. It's never going to sound like the Craig Groeschel leadership podcast, but <laughs> no offense, the guy's amazing. Thanks. No. Thanks. Um, the, the guy's incredible, but 
you know, I, I'm just a big, big believer in people, and I'm and I'm a big, big believer in when you hire someone, you let them do their job, you mentor them, you guide them, you give them respect, but you treat that person because here's the one 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 very important thing that I'm going to tell anybody listening to this podcast, specifically if you're a business owner or you're thinking about being a business owner or whatever. There's two ways this goes: the people that you hire and the people that you have, they will be your biggest asset and they will fall on a sword for you every single day. If they don't respect you, they will eat you like a cancer from the inside out and they will destroy you at every chance they get. And and all that is, is how you shape those employees and how you shape those people. What you turn them into and, and what you help them become is 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 the biggest you know the biggest asset that that you'll ever have bob funk was my mentor uh and bob funk jr quite honestly uh those two guys gave me the freedom and the space to do that every time i told them i had a business idea they always encouraged it every time that i told i mean you know it it was you know that i can just tell you that's why when people go to work for bob funk at express employment or express ranches like they never leave i joke at the christmas party every year i'm like this place is like the firm like once you're here like you you die here yeah you know because that's what happens but it's not because you truly die there. It's because people can't fathom a life without that 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 person in their life. They can't they can't fathom a life you know not working there because they enjoy it that much. And and there there are people I watch at that company that'll work sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hours a day. Yeah. And Chris Dashney is a great example. That's somebody that you know that works for Bob Funk. That guy put in sixteen, eighteen hour days and get right back up and do it again the next day because he, he, he respects the family that much. That's just going back to the leadership thing. Well, they buy into the passion of whatever that goal is. They buy into the passion of the product, whatever that is. Um, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about jumping into the quote-unquote life coach mentor space? No, I, because, I, I, because I hate that term. I, like, I just absolutely despise that term. Okay, and, let me ask reason, you this. Okay. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast i've thought about doing a podcast but then you stole that idea and i'll let you run with it matt Merritt stole it from me so uh <laughs> and guess what he put his out and uh, no I, anyways mine was better yours could be better I, than that I, I consider doing a podcast at some point in time and maybe later in my life once i feel like i've accomplished a little bit more my business sells or we move on to another business or if i really feel like there's a need from a leadership standpoint no but i'll tell you if you want to listen to a great leadership podcast the craig Rochelle leadership podcast has changed my life um, but I think that people are intrigued by not just the success part of it. I, I, I think that where you're at right now and the, the process of trying to go from point A to point Z and all the roads and crossroads and the thoughts in between and having to bounce through obstacles and over roadblocks and, and all of those, I think that's what a lot of society is, is reaching for. They're trying to get a hold of because everybody sees mildly or even you know incredibly successful people talking about how they got there i want to talk about the struggles you're dealing with right now yeah i mean mean? they they, yeah they see the you know they see the end of it and and everybody sees success and that's you know that's that's all they see um it's like weight loss challenges people will say hey i started at 300 pounds here i am at a buck 75 i want to see you when you were 220 and you hated getting up going to the gym but you went anyways that's me right now i hate getting up going to the gym and i'm not 220 (laughs) but i'm probably hanging around 210 215 (laughs) Um, so, but, so anyway, for if anybody's wondering, this podcast is going to end in exactly three minutes and 45 seconds. And the reason why is because I think Matt's podcasts are incredibly too long. Uh, if you agree, you can send him a message on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anywhere and let him know if you think that the content is too long. If you want it to be shortened, abbreviated and quicker and more to the point, because guess what? It's a podcast. We can do another one and people can gain this content. We can do, we can do part two and make it exactly 30 we can't minutes long. Because you don't have time. And, and that's, 
the real reality. Under thirty minutes is really what we're looking for here. So, well, what's next? What do you want? In your What do you want in your last I, three minutes? I want to know what's next for you. Um, I mean, look, right now I'm I'm laser focused on rural cloth. Uh, second, I'm I'm laser focused on my family first. Um, I'm going to travel less. I'm going to spend more time. I'm, I'm starting to build a team. I'm starting to hire more employees. I'm starting to expand my business. Uh, there's a lot of things that, 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 that really are the two things in, um, that, that right now it's all about focus. I, I left the PBR not because I hated the job. I left the PBR because I had to make some tough decisions in my life about where was I going to focus my energy. And those top two things for me were my business and my family. And, and the PBR just got in the way. And, and I, it got in the way of my focus. And and if people wonder that that you know, do I have what it takes or do I do I have the ability to do something? Let me just tell you, I left a hundred thousand dollars on the table. I left a hundred thousand dollar a year paying job with no guarantee income coming in um, because that was my focus. If you want to go to the next step, if you want to change this or if you want to change that, let me tell you something. If you think that you're just going to do it and it's going to be easy and you're not going to make tough decisions, you're going to make tough decisions. And sometimes they're going to sting a little bit. But I just believe, you know, I was born in America, which means I was born with a lottery ticket. Uh, we live in the greatest, freest country in the world. We can do things in America that no one else can do. People that live in other countries, communist countries, countries that are in massive poverty, they would give anything to be born in America. That's why you hear so many immigrant stories about people coming over here, starting businesses, becoming multimillionaires that bought and sold real estate or did this or did that because they didn't have that opportunity where they live. But when you get somebody like, you know, like Robson Palermo that lived on a dirt floor in the middle of the jungle in Brazil that comes over here. This is the greatest thing he's ever experienced in his entire life. That's why he made hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, you know, riding bulls and competing and because they're, he's hungry for it. And, and people like that will give anything to be able to come to America and, and experience it and be hungry for it. So you're, you're already here. Like you live here. Like if, you know, if the first if, step's if, already if, been taken, the first step's already been taken, not only the first step, the hardest step, yeah. Um, you know, so don't waste your time. Like, get up and do something. Well, I want to say this because we're running out of time. From day one, you have been a huge part of, of anything I've ever been successful in when it comes to my career as an announcer. So, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> we sat in a dressing room in T Mobile Arena here a couple of weeks ago. We both cried like a big baby. Uh, because it is tough, but I know that you're going to be incredibly successful in this. More importantly, successful in your life as a family man. So, uh, congratulations, man. Good luck. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and you're welcome. This wrapped up in exactly twenty nine thirty four. No, because you've 35. got about you've got about twenty <laughs> seconds 20 to tell seconds. everybody how to follow you on social media and the uh, brand. Uh, yeah, so the brand is that. Just follow the brand at Rural Cloth USA. Uh, websites ruralcloth.com. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I'll give you a little uh, tidbit here. You can use the code NFR for the next couple of months at ruralcloth.com to save 15%. You got four seconds and Three, I'm out. Two, one, the end.